Hi, I'm Jason, and this is another episode of Rewind and Review. As always, I'm joined by a man trapped in the body of a cat and my co-host, Rob. <laughs> well, at least right now, that means I have hair. That's good. That's, that's, a, that's a good deal. <laughs> good <end of> deal. <laughs> Welcome to Rewind and Review, the retrospective podcast where we have a look at an existing property from the past, delve into its legacy, discuss how it's held up over time, and even give our own personal experiences. Did we watch it as a kid or sometime later in our lives? Yes. Now, this episode of Rewind and Review, we'll look at a fantasy comedy film uh, that turns the ripe old age of 30 this year in 2023. And it's a staple inclusion to many people's Halloween movie lists. So, sprinkle some salt, steal a spell book, and head to the nearest cemetery as we rewind to the year 1993. Swinging 60s, here I come, baby, yeah! Go back to then. When? Now. 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 Ooh, ah, that's how it always starts. There's definitely a very slim chance we'll survive. October 31st, 1693 in Salem, Massachusetts. Thackeray Binks, played by Sean Murray, witnesses his little sister Emily, played by Amanda Shepard, being whisked away to the woods by some witches. The witches, known as the Sanderson sisters, Winifred, played by Bette Midler, Sarah, played by Sarah Jessica Parker, and Mary, played by Kathy uh, Najimi, drain the life force from Emily and transform Binks into a black cat cursed to live forever with his guilt for not saving his sister. I feel like I'm saying this with uh, too much of a cheer in my voice. <laughs> we do sound very happy about this. Uh, <laughs> yes. Having then been alerted the townsfolk, uh, they arrest the sisters for the murder of Emily um, and hang them in the town square. But before the Sanderson sisters die, Winifred casts a curse that will resurrect the sisters during a full moon on All Hallows' Eve if a virgin <laughs> lights the black flame candle in their cottage. Binks, who's now voiced by uh, Jason Marston, decides to guard the cottage so no one can bring the witches back to life. 300 years later, Max Dennison, played by Omri Katz, uh, reluctantly takes his younger sister, Danny, played by Thora Birch, out trick-or-treating where they meet Max's new classmate and crush, Alison Watts, who's played by Vanessa Shaw. The three visit the Sanderson sisters' cottage, now an abandoned museum, where Max, a virgin, <laughs> inadvertently resurrects the witches. Yeah. There, the witches pursue the kids in an attempt to drain their life forces, therefore remaining alive permanently, as their res resurrection spell only grants them life until sunrise of that evening. Be warned that if you haven't seen Hocus Pocus yet, but you want to, Go watch it first before listening to this episode. We will be talking spoilers. We will be indeed. So, Rob, here mm. we are doing yes. a uh, doing the the scariest of horror movies that you will allow me oh. to to discuss with you. Oh, having terrifying. said that, I think we did do Scream. We did do Scream. So we did. I'll give yes. you that. <laughs> Won't take the piss out of you too much. But here we are. Um, it's Halloween. Hocus Pocus. Big deal to many. Maybe not so much us. Um, personal experience. <laughs> what is your relationship with this movie? Have you watched this more than more? Let me know. I 
true to form, true to my, my, my usual form. I had not seen this movie at all, except uh, in order to prepare for this episode. So I saw this for the very first time at the ripe old age of 37 years old. Um, yeah, that's my experience with this movie so far, Jason. <laughs> Not all a whole stuff, lot. Stuff. We're all caught up. <laughs> I'm not going to blame you too much. I'm not going to judge you or nothing there. Um, I was a fairly late comer to it, probably a handful of years ago. Uh, mm. I'd say maybe five. Yeah. yeah, about ballpark figure. Um, was the first time I'd watched this. This is look. I put it down to we live in Australia. You know, Halloween is not a big <laughs> thing. We mm. know that. We like to delve into celebrating it, having fun with it where we can. But it isn't yeah. as big as it is like in the states or wherever this movie yeah. halloween movie is it seems to be this huge big giant disney halloween kid friendly thing mm. that everyone latches yeah. onto people watch it every week i remember you know like i was when i was in the i was in the states during october so over halloween they had a i think it was freeform was the was the channel and they okay. literally had it devoted to hocus pocus every day Oh, like wow. just playing constantly back to back. And I was like, wow, this is a phenomenon. Like, this is something, yeah. this is a big deal. But for me, literally watched it a couple years ago for the first time. The mm -hmm. wife had seen it a few times and was like, you know, she was a fan. And she was like, no, I love it. It's great. So mm -hmm. I watched it. Um, and I remember thinking, okay, yeah, this is this is fine. This is fine. Definitely <laughs> a kid's movie. Uh, this is fine. I think I've watched it another, one other time and then this most recent. So I'd probably say three times. I yeah, think we okay. watched it again when the second one came out. Yeah. I think that was last year, wasn't it, or something. So, but that's yeah. it. So there's no personal attachments here. Very much okay. uh, this, is a, this is a movie. <laughs> that exists. It, it is actually a movie. Yeah. yeah. No, no, true, no truer words have been said. I actually saw but, um, number two parts of it before I saw this one. So the reason for that would be because my wife watched number two when it came out last year um, and it was on in the background while I was doing something else that was keeping me you know, mm -hmm. engaged and interested. So not necessarily that movie. Um, so, but I, I picked up a few points. I understood who the characters were and all of that. So watching this movie, I, it was a little bit familiar in a way that I knew who who was who and what was going on so yeah well i mean 30 years it's been 30 years there's a mm -hmm. there's a fair few bit of a footprint that's left um the budget mm -hmm. the box office if you want to lead us off yeah cool so they made this movie for 28 million dollars and at the time it made 49.1 million so it's not really like it not wasn't considered a um a box office success in, in any right but it, it has since then you know achieved quite a substantial cult following its legacy is, is it's turned into quite a popular um movie since its original release um mainly through like you know home video and then re-releasing and 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 televising and, and things like that in the states but um yeah definitely at the the point of release um not not a box office hit at all now a critical rating Generally speaking, um, a quote here from, from some crit critics is, it's harmlessly hokey, yet never much more than mediocre. Hocus Pocus is a muddled family-friendly effort that fails to live up to the talents of its impressive cast. So I guess at, at a start point, you know, it got people entertained, but it wasn't really, it didn't live up to, I guess, 
its potential in some people's eyes. Our Rotten Tomatoes at the moment um, gives it a 40% and it's based on 63 reviews. It's got an average rating of 4.8 out of 10. Our Metacritic give it 43 out of 100 based on 27 reviews. Cinema score um, give it an average grade of B plus on their A to F scale. And Roger Ebert, uh, who we always like to include here as well, um, gave it one out of four stars, um, writing it was a confusing cauldron in which there is great activity, but little progress and a lot of hysterical shrieking. So cool. So I guess, Brutal. Brutal. Brutal yeah. yeah. But, I, but I appreciate the puns. <laughs> yeah. Beautifully said. <laughs> so, so look, yeah, look, ultimately not not a huge hit out of the gate but um you know as we will talk it's it's clearly got a lot of momentum since then um people seem to have liked it over time or attached themselves to it and mm. i guess like when we'll talk about obviously like the target audience for this movie is not necessarily adult but i think there is yeah. something to be said about the nostalgia that comes with hey if you watch this movie as a kid loved mm. it liked it enjoyed it carry it with you become part of a tradition like you do have those things. we have those movies that we know are like garbage like dog shit kind of films i'm not saying this one is <laughs> but we do have those movies that we watched as a kid they're crap but we watch them now and we're like yeah nah there's something fun about it that we know it's crap but we enjoy it yeah i feel yeah. like a lot of people have that so yeah but you can't yeah. argue with uh mr ebert there one out of four it's just so rough it did get some awards though um some sound awards yeah it won best costume Yep. It was also nominated for six awards, which included Best Actress for Bette Midler and Best Supporting Actress, um, both Kathy Najimy and Sarah Jessica Parker. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, now, fr- franchise-wise, um, you know, as we said, it's um, picked up a bit of momentum over the years. And only last year, as we, as we said there, a, um, a sequel was released, Hocus Pocus 2, very creative um, title. Um, the film yep. was directed by <laughs> Anne Fletcher and it was released on September 30, uh, on 2022 uh, on Disney Plus with um, Midler, Parker and Jeannie, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, reprising their roles as the Sanderson sisters. And since then, um, there is another sequel that's in the works um, at this point called Hocus Pocus 3. And look, it, it doesn't have a solid release date yet, but they're expecting... Um, potentially 2025 expecting that to be released um on halloween um for that for that year that as makes well sense. Makes sense. so and that, that'll be directed by ann fletcher as well so oh well there you go well i mean look i can't say i'm too excited about hocus pocus 3 um mm-hmm. that film studio did a review of hocus pocus 2 um check mm-hmm. it out here are thoughts <laughs> they're not great <laughs> anyway Please continue. Yeah. Um, so other than other than movies, so as we said, um, it looks like there will be a trilogy at this point. Um, there's also a television special. So on the October 20th in 2018, there's a special uh, titled Hocus Pocus 25th Anniversary Halloween Bash uh, that aired on Freeform and that featured interviews with the um, cast members and directors and stuff like that. Um, also uh, included a um, costume contest that was hosted by Sharon and Kelly Osborne. Um, Fantastic. <laughs> mother and daughter Halloween themselves. Very good. Um, uh, it was filmed at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery, which is fantastic. Uh-huh. What, now, this one here, there's a short film. Um, it's called Hocus Pocus as told by 
Chibi. Chibi. Does that... So I don't know what this is. That was released in 2022. Um, sure. Now, that's... Apparently, they did that for Big Hero 6 as well. So they called it Big okay, so, Chibi so 6. Maybe, there's, a, there's a thing going on here with Disney Channel, and I'm not sure what it sure. is. Yeah. Maybe it's Chibi, like, um, like the Japanese... Uh, it's like a... They're like small baby versions of characters. It's like a Chibi. Oh, maybe. So maybe that's what that is. Yeah, I mean, okay. I'm bouncing off the Big Hero Six aspect of this. Well, I, I guess that, that might probably what it is. So it was re- that was released on the 15th of October in 2022, and it it's simplifies the plot basically. Um, and there was a musical adaptation. So, well, uh, no, not there was one. Um, there's one in the works. So in September of 2021, um, the creator David. Um, Kirstner revealed that there's a Broadway adaption in the works, but at this point, I don't think there's a set time or date for a release or anything like that. Um, the Sanderson sisters appeared in uh, as playable characters um, in some Disney game video games, um, such as the Disney Magic Kingdoms and the Disney Heroes Battle Mode. Haven't played either. Um, that was interesting. And I guess when we're talking legacy, talking cultural impact, you know, I said we said already achieved cult status um, over these last 30 years since it's come out. On the 25th anniversary in 2018, um, uh, the, you know, the first week of Hocus Pocus viewings on Freeform, they averaged 8.2 million viewers. Like, so, you know, 25th anniversary, it's, it's definitely, it's, it's viewership definitely increased dramatically compared to, you know, it's when it was first released. Uh, in the twenty the 25th year as well, um, the city of Salem it celebrated its connection to the movies um, uh, because uh, it's got lots of local filming sites there that are, um, you know, they're becoming attractions for fans. Um, and in 2018, the Haunted Happenings Grand Parade, which is an annual Salem festival that happens apparently in, in Halloween, it had a Hocus Pocus Hocus. theme for the 25th. <laughs> I, I would assume it's annual. <laughs> <laughs> um, and of course, as with most um, most movies that are going to clearly make a profit, they get re-released in select theatres for anniversaries. So um, sure. yeah. this year, uh, the for the 30th anniversary, um, the film is seen re-released in select theatres in America as well. Um, do you want to take any more of this legacy stuff, Jace? Yeah, I can talk about what have we got? Some theme park rides in September yeah. of 2015. Mm-hmm. The Hocus Pocus villain spectacular was introduced at the Magic Kingdom as part of Mickey's not so scary Halloween party at Walt Disney World. Um, mm-hmm. The show features the Sanderson sisters who try to make a villain party and summon or attract various uh, Disney villains in the process. Um, I will point out as well, it's not spectacular, it's spelltacular, Jason, but that's okay. My God, it really is spectacular. It certainly is. Spectacular. Um, All right, so since 2009, (laughs) um, I put a spell on you, which features predominantly or prominently in the (laughs) first movie, plays during the audience exit for the fireworks show Halloween Screams for Mickey's Halloween party at Disneyland. So they're they're definitely still very prevalent. Um, Mm -hmm. There was a book 
or a novelization yes. rather, um, in July 2018, a book entitled Hocus Pocus and the All New Sequel was released, containing a novelization of film and a sequel story. The mm. sequel focuses on Max and Allison's daughter Poppy, who grew up hearing the family story of the original film and parents who avoid Halloween as much as possible. Poppy is skeptical of the tale and ends up in the Sanderson house on Halloween, 25 years to the day of the original film uh, taking place in an attempt to prove there is nothing to the story. Do you know what? That premise right there sounds like a better movie than that mm -hmm. second film. Anyway. It certainly does. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, in, in 2023, that's this year, Hocus Pocus, the Sanderson sisters' cottage, got a Lego set, set number 21341. <laughs> Um, it was released in July, based, of course, on this film. The mm -hmm. winning project's announcement came over two months before the release of the sequel. Um, the set consists of 2,316 pieces with six mm -hmm. minifigs. Um, try and guess who the characters are. Um, <laughs> of course, the Sanderson sisters, Max, Danny, Allison, and uh, Thackeray Binks, which I guess isn't counted as a minifig because... He's a cat. He's a cat. Or, <laughs> he's a cat. But look, before we before we um, move past all of the, uh, you know, like the the legacy, the culture impact. I mean, like I said before, like in summary, like this movie obviously has, it's, it arrived and it kind of just stayed. Mm. It became infused with Halloween traditions, like celebrations through Disney stuff, through just people doing their yeah. own thing, I suppose. Halloween parties, trick or treating, you know, like the Sanderson sisters, the, I guess the iconicness of those characters, their outfits, the, you know, I, I guess there's something to the whole, you know, like the Salem, you know, witch stuff mm. that was, that was going on. Like there, there's something mm. there that people have attached themselves to. And like I said, yeah. you know, like yearly rewatches of the film or whatever, like people do it. People have attached themselves to this movie in such mm. a way that it um, has sort of stuck around. And then, you know what? Mm -hmm. Why not get a quick buck from all the merchandise and sure. bits and pieces that come with it? So as you do. But let's um, let's dive into this movie and all that mm -hmm. is, it is about. I guess where we start with, and I guess we have to address it, as we go into this movie, mm. both as we watch it and as we talk about it, the the target audience, you know, like, yeah. like I said, it's not for adults. It's it is for kids. There's some, I mean, yeah. there's some questionable, freaky things in this movie. Some mm -hmm. adult themes and stuff, but nothing too like invasive. Yeah. Um, so with that, we get a tone that is pretty. Uh, it's playful. It's goofy. It's it is a little bit wacky and silly and mm -hmm. kind of stupid sometimes as well. Um, but there's you know this isn't like straight horror. This is family friendly halloween entertainment it, it is it's um yeah family family friendly it's it's safe um it's not too scary in, in any way um and you can tell yeah you can definitely tell as we said you know watching this as as an adult for the first time this is a movie that is, was made you know for children and remains to be a movie for children um I think you would have to have had that that early connection, you know, as a young young person watching it for the first time, to probably enjoy it, um, you know, to its full potential um, as an adult. I would say. Now, you know, can I, and it's, can I just ask you directly? Yeah. Did you have like? Did you struggle sort of watching this and enjoying this movie? I know that'll be showing your hand quite early, but let's not hold back. <laughs> Tell me, <laughs> you know. 
you are I, watching it for the first time in your I, mid-thirties. Yeah, there was, uh, there, was a, there was a bit. There was there was a few struggles through it. I understood what was going on. I understood what they were doing with it. I was pleasantly uh, surprised with some things, a bit confused with others. Um, so, yeah, I, I would say about 50% of it was like a bit of a grind. And the other 50% was like, oh, this is fun. This is good. So yeah. I could, I can see it, um, you know, and the wife, the wife, Laura, she, she, she enjoys this. And I think there's, there's a, you know, that's because she saw it when she was younger. So, um, yeah. Look, and you enjoy uh, that she's enjoying it, I suppose. Yeah. You just, like, you're along for the ride for other people, you know, sometimes. Yeah. So like I, I did find it even after three watches, like I'm watching this again and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, like this movie just really is not for me. Like with the, yeah, yeah, just with the, I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, and it's not aimed, it's not aimed at me. Like that's, and that's completely yeah. fair. Even though I'm, I very much enjoy things for kids and, and family friendly stuff. Like, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I did, I did struggle with this. Um, you know, <laughs> obviously, like this is also set, I mean, mainly in the contemporary times, it's set in the 90s. I mean, it was yeah. set in 1993. We do yeah. get like, a short period of time at the beginning of the movie you know back in the 1600s mm-hmm. um, but other than that it is very much in the 90s 90s sensibilities like styles the way kids are talking and things like that there is a bit of a like mm. i think like when a movie's made in the 90s especially like a kids movie there is like a certain like quality that sort of comes with it like with the characters how things Goofy. are like delivered and performed yeah like a lot of stuff is over the top and just yeah it's very i don't know it's like all the parents are always like a certain way like very clean cut like very flat mm. and then you know you've got and these all kids of, all, that are, yeah the, i'd say all the villains are all yeah kids, kids are full of energy villains are very exaggerated um and even like the, even like the kid villain like the teenage villains oh yeah just, oh god and it's like Oh, you guys need to go to jail. Like, someone need, where are the police? Like, yeah. the things that they're doing, it's like, if that happened now, it's like, no, nah, man, someone someone will shank you if you act like that. Like, you will yeah. go to prison. <laughs> like, yeah. or get beat up. Like, it just won't happen. Yes. yes. So it's just things like that. It's like a bit of a disconnect with like, oh, it has been 30 years and this movie feels like it. Yeah. And I'm not yeah. talking quality-wise. It's like, literally, when it's set, when the movie's made, mm. and I guess the mm. tone that comes with it as well. Yeah, I guess actually that's a good point, Jace. It's um, it definitely feels like a thirty-year-old movie, and 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 that's not even factoring in anything to do with things like special effects and stuff. It's just the way characters are portrayed. Um, and I maybe we could actually just probably jump into these characters actually. Mm. I reckon, um, and we will start from the top antagonists. Um, the the sisters, the Sanderson sisters. Yeah, you got. We'll just go through, you know, one one at a time. Like, just talk about the performances from each of them. So, Winifred. Um, so that's Bette Mild- Milder. Um, Bette Midler. Midler. Did I say Milder? Midler. Sorry. Um, <laughs> so she is, you know, she's a clear, clearly the the leader of the three. Um, probably has a slightly inflated sense of uh, ego and and strength and importance, I guess. But um, but she's she is the leader. She she bullies the other two. Has incredibly huge buck teeth. Is very distractingly <laughs> buck tooth. Um, I thought she was. I thought out of the three sisters, I, I don't think she's the strongest. I do think that's Sarah, but um, she comes in a second to me. I reckon. 
any strongest as in like physical strength or like performance? No, performance wise and interesting oh, and, right. and entertainment. I reckon if I'm going to put all three three in a, a list, rank rank them. I'd say Sarah's first. We'll talk about her in a second. But um, <laughs> the almighty, the royal, the royal Bet Midler. You are like she is not. I don't have a connection to Bet Bet um, um, Oh my god, Midler. <laughs> I don't actually know what she's what she's been in really. To, I couldn't I don't really even know her name. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean I know I, mean, who, I know I know that she's she's somebody, right? But it's them damn teeth in this movie. I don't know who the hell she is. <laughs> I don't know who she is. So I think of the um. I think the appeal or like the get with Bette Midler here at the mm. time, yeah. she's actually the star power. Like you got to bear in mind, Sarah Jessica Parker was not she's... sex in the city it up here. Correct. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, and same with um, uh, Najimi. Like, mm. yeah. So Bette Midler was the star power. And obviously they get her with the musical number, like her presence here. You know, like we talk acting ability aside, it's like, which I think she does fine because she's playing an over the top character. It's a performance. It's a very large character, but like they get her for the the musical number. Like that's her skill set. Yeah, and she delivers yeah. on it. I'll say before we get into the other two characters, like mm. out of all the characters, like these witches, these ladies in in this role, mm. they make this movie worth watching <laughs> like yes because yes I'll, I'll say it right now like and i and again i've already shown my hand a little bit like there's not much mm-hmm. positivity i actually have to say about this film but these ladies in this role and how they portray these characters and the zaniness and the wackiness of it, the energy that's mm. the entertainment like they are here and they deliver they do it well you're like um, okay <laughs> no no no, sure, no, sure. no 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 i i mean i'm i'm, I'm on board i i agree like they are they are the movie but the, I mean, and that's the thing. So they, the three, the three characters, they actually, they work well together. Um, because they're different as well. Correct. Yeah. But, they, but they're also uniform. Like, you know how they, you know, when they're, they're led, they're led by Winifred or Winnie. Um, but you know, when they're walking down the street together and they're kind of almost arm in arm walking that weird kind of swaying walk as they go, mm. which is just so strange and, and weird, but you know, it just works, you know, they're, they're working together and you can tell that they're like a, a, a weird incoherent <laughs> incompatible team. That's just, yeah, it's just, yeah. Oh, it's a, without, without those three and, and the different personalities, yeah, this movie just doesn't, it's not the same thing, obviously. Now, I don't, yeah, we got Sarah Jessica Parker playing Sarah Sanderson. She is a child in this, as far as I'm concerned. Like, she was, I don't know yeah. how old she she's was. She's a real she's... goofy, I guess, almost innocent one as well, even though she does kind of seem like a bit of a horn dog. <laughs> like, she, she seems does... to be in love with every guy. She, 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 seems to, she seems to be in love with every guy. Um, but there's, there's also something about her, though. Like, so she's whimsical and she seems, yeah, very immature. The way that um, Sarah Jessica Parker is portraying her, but then she's also the one that seems to show the most power. And and what I mean by that is, she's got the ability to sing that song and lure the kids. And that is like there's like a little edge of like evilness and maliciousness mm. in that part of the character that I don't think either the other two have. Like the other two remain like quirky weird not really big threats like because they're so over the top and it's a kid's movie but it's sarah that's out of the three sisters sarah is the one that 
if any kid was going to be scared of these witches, I think that's the one. I think she's the one because she's. That's fair. That's that's hmm. fair. They, I reckon, if not for, because she does have like a bit of a naiveness to her. A very, um, yeah. she's very influential, especially from from Winifred. Um, yeah. If she didn't have that, mm, mm. if she was able to sort of step up, all right, she'd be in charge. Absolutely. Like she mm. would be having said that as well, though, I think when you, when you look at the three of them, mm. it's like, if you were to pick one and say, you know, like, because obviously they fit as like a trio. Yeah. If you were to like pick one off and say, all right, if one of them was to turn good yeah. and sort of break the whole dynamic, mm-hmm. it would also be her. So as much as she's probably the one to fear the most, because sort of a bit of a dark horse i think there's also a chance that it's like oh if one of them if there was like some plot twist at the end where it's like oh you know like i'll help the kids and you know i don't want to do this it would be her but maybe Mm. that's just the the innocent sort of playfulness that comes with her that that is sucking me in so maybe i'm just being hypnotized by her as well i don't know maybe you're young at heart and falling victim to her her maybe yes yeah look i I, I see that there's also you know the the other two sisters kind of are i mean they're all all three of them are kind of like clumsy and bumbling about doing their thing because they are you know they're fish out of water things that they're from the Mm. you know the the 15th century like 1600s so you know or whatever it is three oh yeah easily being tricked by like the the fire water hose thingy and yeah like, the road is a black river like, the black river you're like what is yeah. it so they're all they're all very much you know out of their depth um but it is i think it is sarah who's who has the most she's the, the biggest th- she's a threat um to, to the viewer like she's the most threatening out of, out of them um as naive as she appears you know well i reckon with mary mm. i mean i do enjoy all three of them they, they do work together as a trio like as a complete set she is like if you were to pick one as like okay who's even though they're all over the top and crazy mm. who's like the comic relief kind of the more bumbling the more kind of like oh mm. you know like she really needs help sort of you know like tying her shoes that's mary yeah. like you yeah know, she does come across as that sort of a little bit more i'm a bit lost you know i'm not really what am i doing yeah like she's got the she's got the like the facial like the mouth kind of thing that she's doing which yeah is what's going on with that what's going on oh it's that? just it's just part of the character. It's just the it's just the look they've gone with. Did, did you know, by the way, um, this was this was pointed out to me um, by by my wife that um, when she uh, when she's reprising that role in the um, the sequel, the twenty twenty two sequel, the she does it on the other side of her mouth. Yeah, apparently, because she's actually doing it. Like she's making it. Um, mm. I think when we we're looking into the second movie, it was like it was like an she had like an injury or like there was a like a muscle pain that restricted mm. her from doing it on that same side so she just have to switch it and so then switch to that like, Jean, like, oh, yeah. no one will know no one will know and it's not of a big course deal, everybody knows of course everybody knows but um but yeah she's she's the yeah bit of, she's bumbling about she's there she's the the comic relief um mm. bit bit dumb probably the dumbest out of the out of the three of them <laughs> and yeah, and she and she's fine. Like she's very she's very subservient to um to Winnie as well. I I would say that yeah. um Sarah is probably a little bit more confident and stands on her own. But um uh, yeah, it's so um yeah Mary's kind of very very much yeah yeah does whatever Winnie wants. Again, like what's good about them though, like individually, they've all got the like 
they're a bit different, which works. If you had them all the same, you know, it just, you just crash and burn. But together, as a complete set, a unit, like, it it works well. And again, they are the most entertaining part of this movie. So that's the three sisters. Um, you know, I don't really have anything further to talk about with those three. Um, so, um, you know, there's only, well, there's another antagonist that we could talk about, um, supernatural one anyway. Um, and that would be, of course, will be uh, William Billy Butcherson, who is a zombie with a stitched up mouth. Um, now, he's, he's Winnie's ex. Is that right? That Sarah hooked up with? Is that, did I understand that correctly? I, um, you know, I'm scratching my head. I'm like, is that the case? I don't care enough. That's to the case. Um, it's something yeah. like that, isn't it? <laughs> I think I think it is because you know when he when he comes out of the ground, Sarah is very flirty still, like kind of like you yes. know airily whipping her hair back. But um, as yeah, she does, as she does. And now, of course, I'm talking about you know a zombie who can't talk, who appears very menacing, and I'm saying that he's an antagonist. But you know, we find out he's not an antagonist. He's a protagonist. He's actually on the kid's side. The entire time that he's above the ground, um, mm-hmm. I mean, he's obviously, he's chasing, pursuing the kids. Um, there's nothing that implies that he's not, you know, like he's not trying to kill them. <laughs> he does nothing of the sort to to make you think otherwise. And all it takes is, a, you know, at a certain point, he manages to cut open the stitches on his mouth, abuse Winnie a little bit, um, and that's like, I'm with you guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. His, his entire body language, everything changes, but he could have. Yeah, it's like, that would have helped. That would yes. have helped. You know, maybe like a, no, 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 or something, anything. Mm-hmm. So, look, he's he's an excuse to have this movie have or include a zombie boy. A zombie. Which is yeah. good. Which yes. Is good. Um, and that's fine. <laughs> that is fine. It's something different besides witches that they have to contend with. And then, yeah, he plays his part at the end. But that's about it. That, yes. So, but I mean, I liked I liked him as a, um, I nice guess, in a sense, it's a nice little, it would have been a nice little yeah. twist for the kids, you know, as well. Yeah, like, um, oh, the zombie's good. Yeah. Hey, look, they got to practice some good old... Uh, know prosthetics and yeah the costume department got to stretch a muscle which is great and it's doug jones as well like he's he's known for you know i guess portraying he's a character actor that portrays things that have heavy prosthetics like yeah non-humanoid humanoid kind of things um does all like del toro films like yeah hellboy and stuff and yeah what's that one with the fish the water Shape of Water or something. Shape of Water, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And he was in Pan's Labyrinth, wasn't he? Labyrinth. That's the one, yep. Yeah, the, the hand guy, I think it was. Yeah. Anyway, but um so yeah, it's good to see good to see him doing doing his thing. I um I I don't I didn't think I saw I thought Doug Jones was was younger than he is because for him to be in this thirty years ago yeah, I don't know. I thought he was only in his like forties now, but he's clearly not. You know, but if it's, yeah, I don't know why I used to, I thought that, but it's because he's you know he's, he's always so heavily sixties. Yeah, yeah, I know that now clearly. Um, but the uh, it's just because he's, he wears so many prosthetics for, for all the different 
um, you know, roles that he's played. Yeah. So I don't think I actually Working know what draft. he looks like. I don't think I know what he looks like as a human. So um, I think the last time I actually saw him, like in a big interview, was like it was probably like Hellboy Two or something, okay. which was oh my god, dare I say, like a good twenty, almost twenty years ago, was it? I don't know, something like that, fifteen, twenty years ago. Oh, couldn't have been. Oh no, it might it might have been actually. You know how often we go like couldn't have been, but then oh my god, it was. <laughs> yeah. All I need to do is look in look in the mirror and see my hairline. That's slowly getting no, further no, back no. on my head, and I'm like, oh yeah, no, time has passed. Time has passed. Yeah. Thirty years since Hocus Pocus. All right, let's Why? talk about the let's talk about our protagonists and these um these lovely children that we get to spend some time with. You know, yeah. every time I go to watch this movie, I forget that Max is actually the lead protagonist. I always think hmm. it's Danny. You know, like little girl. I think yeah. she, she's dressed as a witch. She probably has better dialogue she has more energy all that kind of stuff but max is our main character and like nothing against this guy nothing against omri cats omri cats but who who are you omri cats well this must be his in this movie, movie right in this movie he is like the majority of the film mm. up until like the last scene where he suddenly learns all the things that he's like i want to be a better brother and mm. yada 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 it's like he is a brooding, miserable, teenage, angsty, I'm like, oh, and overconfident, like, mm-hmm. when it comes to Allison. I don't like this guy. I don't like this guy as a character, as a brother, as yeah, our sporting lead. I don't like him. I mean, yeah. I don't, like, hate him or anything. It's just, like, I watch this movie and then I just roll my eyes mm. a lot at him. That's my feelings towards him. He's, I mean, he's the butt of the jokes when it comes to, hey, we need a virgin, but like, mm. is it really a joke when it's like, hey, look, these are kids, and yeah, he's still a fairly young teenager. Mm. It's okay that he's a virgin. It's not a big deal. So, yeah, leave him alone. I, I, he's, still, he's still in school. I'm sure he, just, yeah. just let him, let him be. <laughs> just let him be. Bloody hell. Um, I mean, the, the movie doesn't make a huge deal about it. It just pokes fun at him a little bit, especially that guy who pretends to be a cop. Yeah, like, yeah. You really yeah. virgin? <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, of course I am. I'm like 15. Yeah, and it's just uh, I do. I actually do think that they it over they overdo the virgin side of it. Like, um, <laughs> but I, they, they didn't need to add that 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 story element. It doesn't. You don't need a virgin to light a candle in order for this plot to work no sorry not plot no as in why is that why did they add that they didn't need well, the, it could have just been a child of, it could have been somebody under an age yeah yeah well i suppose it needed to be i guess like a sign of innocence and i guess like once you're no longer a virgin you've lost that innocence so yeah okay is the movie saying you're still a child until you get it done and then you're no longer a child who can resurrect witches. I'm not confident the movie's saying anything other than <laughs> it's virgin, not saying anything. Virgins are funny, ha ha, virgin, ha ha. That's what I think. I think um, the director Ken, um, Kenny Ortega has just got something against virgins. I guess I don't know. What if, like, at the end of this movie, right? Like, mm. you know, like one final jab at him for being a virgin, and then Allison's like, "Well, let's change that then." <laughs> Or something, and then just like oh, cut to I mi- credits. I'm, I missed that. Did they? No, that doesn't happen. That doesn't. Happen. Oh right, right. I was going to say what? When did I... I didn't see that. That's no, 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 no. That's no, it's that a kids' a, buddy uh, movie. Oh, yeah. So that was a what if? Wouldn't that have been a? 
bloody mm. little jo- I don't know. I'm a sick <laughs> man. Anyway, um, so that's him. Anything else you want to say about him? Like he learned some lessons, I guess. <laughs> I don't really like. I don't. I mean, the way that he deals with the bullies, um, Jay and Ice, I think he's admirable in a way. He doesn't fight them. He kind of rolls his eyes at them and goes, oh, I don't have time for this crap kind of thing. Yeah. He doesn't actively defend himself, but he doesn't exactly like go, he doesn't act scared of them. He kind of goes, oh, whatever kind of thing. I don't, yeah, I don't mind how he handled them and like all that. Mm. When when there's the confrontation, like, you know, when they're trick-or-treating and like, you know, Danny's given them a word, and he, the way he handles it then, I mean, mm. not like in the moment, but when he walks off with Danny and he's mm. like kind of having a go at her for like, you embarrass mm. me in front of all the guys at school. It's like, mate, why do you give a shit? Yeah. Like, they're obviously, exactly. they stole your shoes, man. Yeah. They bloody <laughs> stole your the shoes. <laughs> they, they committed theft. They yeah. stole your property. <laughs> like, you get to shoot back. And they're wearing And them. that's your story. Yeah. <laughs> the, the evidence they're is wearing. there. Of course, they can't find a cop. Cops, cops are because the, the cops oh, are not. <laughs> now, um, the fake cop ignored him because he was talking gibberish about bloody witches coming back. If you found a real cop and talked to him about property theft, maybe, maybe give him some time. Maybe yeah. they would. Anyway, but anyway, look, that's that's that's. I don't have anything other than anything else to say on Max. What I would, I do, I do want to talk about Danny now, though, because. Absolutely. Now we have reached my favorite character in this movie. Interesting, interesting choice. Okay, she is just so much fun. This kid is she's so cute. She's a cute, yeah, she's full of energy. She, she's super cute and super sassy and super confident, and she's just the. I think she's she's just the greatest character. She gets the best little one liners, and yeah. I like it. I think she's great. She's she's clever. Yeah, she yeah. she's she's ri- she's written in a way and portrayed in a way that's far older than her years. Like what wiser? Sorry, wiser. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like she's just smarter than she needs to be. Um. Than she should be, kind of thing. And I think that's great. Um. And the and this the actress, the, the little actress who plays her, um, Thora Birch, Birch, who is a person I don't. Uh, I don't really, I'm not really familiar with, but I believe she's turned into a, like a really renowned screen queen um, in, in adult life. I think, I believe. Don't hold me to that. We, we might find that I out. I won't, never will. Never will. <laughs> Look, I would admit, she she does grow on me. And I, when I say that, I mean she becomes less annoying as the movie goes on. And she, like, at the start of this movie, like, she's very annoying, which kind of mm. makes me you know, kind of hate uh, Max a little bit less because I'm like, I get it. I get it. She's she's made you like this. No, she is... Look, she's full of energy and she's bubbly, all that kind of stuff, but she's also small, squeaky, mm. in your face. <laughs> like, it's yeah. I don't know. There's an annoyance about her. There's a very annoying thing, quality to her. But as the movie progresses, I admit, she does tone it down a bit. Mm-hmm. Um she kind of lets Max and Allison sort of take the stage and she sort of just is along for the ride. So she's not as in your face about it all. You know, like, mm. I don't know. She, yeah, she, she irritated me until she kind of didn't. Which yeah. makes things okay. But I don't know. Now, like, I, I get where you're coming from. She's, she's cute and bubbly and, you know, mm-hmm. lots of fun. But I don't um, know. It's just, it's, I, I... there's a lot of overacting happening. 
Of course there is, yeah. And of course, when the witches are doing it, it's like, I feel like Mm. they're kind of hitting the mark, right? Where it's like, we are over the top and crazy because we're witches from a different time and we're full of, you know, jazz and (laughs) when the kids are overacting, it's just like, too dramatic, guys. Just turn it down. Just keep it simple. And someone should have been telling them that, like, hey, we're going a little bit too too much with this. Like, just be a bit more. But maybe, you know, like, the overexpression is for the assistance of the kids. Let them know how they should be feeling about stuff. I mean, yeah. I'm sure there's a method yeah. but it's like, it just doesn't translate well. Yeah. Yeah. I'll um, tell you, though. I'll tell you. the. Um, yeah. And I'm not saying she's the best character, but, like, a character that seems to have a bit of common sense competence to her doesn't mm-hmm. irritate me in any sort of way is actually Alison. <laughs> she's... <laughs> she just doesn't do anything that annoys me throughout the whole right. movie. Like, I'm not saying she's a great character or anything because, you know, she's kind of thrown into it and, yeah, is she really helping that much with the plot progression and solving the mysteries? All that kind of, eh, maybe not so much. But she's just not annoying. It's like her performance is very, you know, like low-key mm-hmm. simple to the point. Yeah. But I don't know. She just is plain vanilla and sometimes it's all you need. It's all good. So good for you, Vanessa Shaw. Uh, Spelled very interesting, Vanessa. Vanessa, yeah. I kind of like it. It's Um, a vine. Correct, it is, Jason. We're we're very astute. Um, So, (laughs) look, Alison is, yeah, she's just there. Um, She's just there to go along for the ride kind of thing, Um, just to Uh, supply the cast. I don't think she adds anything. Um, oh, there's no without her, like, we, we, without her, we wouldn't have got the line about the yabos. So I mean, right. is, that, is that what she calls them? Yabos in do. reference to her boobs. I this this line completely blew over me when she said it because I can't <laughs> remember what you're talking about at all. But it's when they're at the when they're at her house, right? You know, like she's mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, give me, I'll get you some cider or whatever it is, and then. Yeah, Danny's talking to her about like how yes. Max has a thing for it. Yes. And she's like, yeah, like oh, he really likes your. What did you call them? Yabos. Yeah, and it's very I, awkward for everyone. It is very awkward. I yeah, I can't remember what she says, but yeah, it is like a weird, a weird name. Whatever he's he's labeled them. Good, good on you, Max. Good on you, Allison. Good on you, Danny, for pointing it out. Very good. Um, we've only got one other character there, really, that we can kind of talk who has any real substance um, or prominence in this movie. And that is a cat named Binks. <laughs> and that is a cat. Like <laughs> Now, what I, I, I want to point something out. He, this character, um, so what's the character's name? Um, was it Th- like Theodore? Thackeray. No, Thack- Thackeray. Thackeray Binks. Three. Now, he's played by Sean Murray, Sean as, Murray. A, as, a, as a boy right in the in the in salem in the 1600s and then when he turns into a cat oh, oh no sorry let me just say sean murray as a human also has spoken role words role is a spoken role. oh yeah the opening scene yeah yes so he talks now as a cat they use somebody else's voice they use jason marston's voice now i don't know why they've done that I don't understand why they couldn't have the same voice. And then at the end, when he turns back into a human, they're using, they dub his voice and it's Jason Marston's voice over the actor, Sean Murray. I don't know why they did it. 
because Sean Murray at the time was young, mm. then it's kind of established he doesn't age, does he? So even as a cat. Mm. Um... So at the end of the movie, once once you know Binks, he's he gets turned back to his human. He gets to rest in peace with his sister who died at the start, and he has a little bit of dialogue. And his dialogue is not the character. It's not the actor Sean who's speaking. It's it's dubbed over with with the other guy, and it just completely bothers yeah, my really mind. Just hate <laughs> Sean Murray was asking too much. He was like, "No, no, no, I'll be in that scene, but hmm. I ain't doing voice work." Um, you know, Sean Murray, um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with NCIS, but he plays no. McGee. Okay, no? cool. I'm not. You probably... I'm not. No, oh, no, oh my God. I know, I do know who you're talking about. Oh, yeah, right. Cool. All right. Great. Excellent. Didn't know that. I didn't didn't pick that up until you just said it. Just I knew you'd work it out. I knew you'd, 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 yeah. I was like, yeah. you know McGee. You know exactly. I don't even know the characters' names in that show, but I know exactly who you're talking about. And yes, yeah, okay. I, I yeah, see yeah. it. I wonder what Jason Marston <laughs> looks like, because... Well, we never see him. We only hear him. Okay. No, but Bing, Bing's the cat. He does look like a cat. Um, it's amazing. It's uncanny how he does it. Um, now look, it's good. He he's a fun character. I like him. You know, he's very honourable. Um, you know, he's still even though despite it being three hundred years, he still kind of talks as if he's from you know the sixteen hundreds as well. Um, and I think it's just a fun little addition to have a guardian cat who is also um immortal as well you know along for the ride i think it's just great like when he gets ran over that's a pretty harsh that's thing pretty... <laughs> it's pretty harsh to have a squashed cat he's all flat and shit yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah and then he just inflates and he's just inflates like... the head. he's like oh. um he's like i'm all right mortal remember i'm all right but it's yeah but that, actually he does it have, was yeah he does have like probably biggest sort of um I guess purpose in the mm. movie, like stakes when it comes to it all. You know, the the, the story with his sister and yeah, you know, basically like he lost her and and stuff, mm. and mm. kind of needs to get revenge, has to stop it from happening to anyone else. Like it's pretty grim. Oh, the, you know, when he first gets mm. sent to a cat, and then he tries to approach his dad, and his dad's just like, "Piss off, cat." <laughs> well, he doesn't yeah. say that, but you know, he's yeah, basically, yeah, yeah, it's just like get the hell here, like some some like a rodent from hell mm. that's pretty yeah, so, sad it's like okay i'll go just sleep in a ditch then shall i all right for later. for 300 years and yeah, then going... right. oh. now, he, he doesn't talk when he turns into a cat in the 1600s so i believe that's a skill that he's learnt as a 300 year old cat that's he... probably how long it does take for a cat mm. to learn to speak human yeah um, which is language. which Very which difficult. would which would make sense why it sounds like a different person now that's <laughs> the, sure. the thing that doesn't like i said it doesn't add up with me is why that character has that same cat voice when he's a ghost but anyway do you know what it might be do you know what it might be sean murray an american actor right mm. could it be that he just couldn't do like even though they're in America, but like a sixteen, an accent from the sixteen hundreds. Mm. Obviously, like mm. the voice, the accent that we're getting from Binks in this movie is mm. not your standard, straightforward American accent. Maybe Sean Murray simply couldn't do and that do the timely sixteen hundred mm. accent, and that was it. And it was just like, well, we'll just switch it out. Be the same as if, like, oh, look, you're actually playing an English character, or you're playing, you mm. know, like a. Mm character from Africa or something or a German character and it's like oh but I can't actually do that accent oh it's all good we only need you as the human yeah. figure face of the boy that's it. and then that's probably the simplest reason behind it 
you know what, I'm going to go with I that. won't look into it to confirm it, but let's go with that. And you know what? There could be people listening to this right now who like, are... That is the reason you did this. Yeah. They're like, idiots, why don't you do this? Why don't you look at it and do it more? And you know what? That's for you, and that's your secret to hold on to. Okay? We don't need to yeah. know this. Um, have you got complaints? Send him, a, send, him, send him a Luke. Just send him to Luke. That's all that matters. Send him to Luke. Directly to his personal email address. <laughs> well said. Um, all right, look, look, there's there's the characters. We could talk about the parents. I don't think we need to. They are just cooking parents. They they're go to there. a party. Oh, I mean... That party, though, that's fun, though, isn't it? How they end up... They're dancing. Someone dresses Madonna, and there's, like, the Madonna boobs, and it's like, who are you meant to be? I was like... Madonna. Mm. <laughs> there's, there's some there's a fun of, little moments there. Yeah, there's a couple of little well. adult jokes in there. Um, the flat cat was another for the whole movie. So do you know what that reminded me of? Remember there's an episode no. on... No. Um, oh, okay. okay, that's interesting. But now it does. But no, no. <laughs> Remember the, the, um, the show Buffy, the va- Vampire Slayer, how there's the, yes. the singing episode. Mm. Um, and the demon who makes everybody sing also makes them yep. dance until they die. That's what that reminded me of because that's exactly what that they're doing. Yeah, actually the same thing. I think this was first though, so good for them. Um, no, I was thinking, you know, the Power Rangers movie, you know, that first mm-hmm. one. Uh, yeah. Check out our review. We did that one too. Where yeah. it's like all the parents get like mm-hmm. hypnotized and then they all yeah. walk to their doom kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah, it's just the. I mean, obviously they're not dancing, but it's kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. I guess. Speaking of walking to the, speaking of walking to their doom, that you know how I said the you know the character Sarah, um, played by Sarah Jessica Parker, how she's out of all the three the three witches, she's she appears to be the most dangerous, right? She's she's really evil. She she can coax kids into walking into their their, like a their pipe peril. Piper. Yeah, yeah. When they she when she does this in the movie, it's, it is quite creepy watching all the kids. Just start just wandering you know, towards the, you know, together. It oh, is very you know, zombie-like and very... Yeah. Do you know what's really confusing about that scene, yeah. right? What's that? Earlier, it's established that it's around, mm. it's at least 3 a.m. in the morning, you know, when the, mm. like, the teenagers are still out and they're like, oh, man, like, it's 3 a.m. There's nothing to do. Everyone's like, yeah. like oh, let's go. And they come up with some ideas. So it's established that it's that late. So I'm assuming mm. a lot of the kids, after they're trick-or-treating, mm-hmm. they've gone home probably taking mm. their costumes off, especially their masks. Most mm. of them gone to bed. When when Sarah's doing her Pied Piper thing and, like, all the mm. kids are out, like, 80% of them are back in their costumes, full masks. Makes mm. no sense. I'm like, okay, so did she make them, like, get dressed? <laughs> Put their costumes <laughs> back on? Or were all the kids sleeping? Like, there's one kid with, like, a pumpkin on his head. I'm like, were you sleeping like that or were you still up? Like, jeez. They anyway, a bit of a nitpick. They- but they they party hard in, in America. They party hard. They, they, they don't. They don't how does Halloween work? I need. I could look into it, but I need someone, a listener from the from the United States, to tell me: Is Halloween like happens. a public holiday or a bank holiday, or whatever the hell you call it? You know, mm-hmm. a, a, a do not go to school, do not go to work kind of day. Is it like that, or do you guys go to school, go to work, and then that evening you party hard and then deal with the consequences tomorrow? Is the next day a public holiday? What do you do? Someone yeah, tell me. It would be good to know that, actually, because because in movies, people go hard. They really do. Movies, TV shows, Halloween, no matter, always party central all mm. the time. And how many you weeks does it take to pack everything up afterwards? Oh, ridiculous. Or is I mean, that what you do on the day after? Maybe that's what you do on the day after. Let's just get it done. Just get it done. Mm. All, all those 
oh, those jack o' lanterns just out the front, rotting away. They're not oh, onto it quick. Could you imagine how much waste? I was gonna say the flies, but like, oh yeah. Does America have flies? <laughs> I it's not like we do. Definitely not like we do. And you know, Much you know bigger. what's really, really bad about Australian trick or treating on Halloween. I mean, it didn't exist um, when I was. Sex offenders. <laughs> sex offenders, I think, is everywhere in the whole world, Jason. But um, oh, sure, yeah. Is that it's daylight? And it stays daylight even until eight thirty, nine o'clock at night, or whatever kind of. Yeah, thing. Man, tonight it was like I think it was like seven. It was like seven thirty, and I was like, it's actually still daytime. Like outside, yeah. I was putting the kids a bit. I was like, "Are they going to sleep?" Like it's still daytime. Yeah, and this is the two, this is the thing you get to you get you know Halloween, you know you go trick or treating. Kids kids do it after school or whatever, and it's broad daylight and it takes away some of the magic. You know, like you see in the states where oh, it makes you know, it harder for the sex predators. So it does make it harder for the sex predators, but it just takes away the, the vibe of a scary, spooky <laughs> evening when it's broad daylight, everyone's sweating as they're walking down the road with their yes. face paint, you know dripping off them yeah anyway i feel like you've done this you've, you're speaking from experience here you've had a no i've never i've never i've never treated before never trick-or-treated i just feel bad for the kids as i'm driving past them on the way <laughs> away from home from work because they're already out and about in force so yeah yeah uh, now looking at them from your white van yeah um, with candy written on the side. yeah anyway um uh, so with this with this though I, so i was just talking about sarah being you know the you know the most dangerous one and how the kids turn to zombies when they get sung to that that song you know it's called sarah's theme and we'll move away from characters we quickly just wrap up i just want to talk we usually talk about music and score and stuff and i actually really did like the music and the score for this but one thing that i didn't realize was that so sarah's theme the one that lures all the kids out that was done by james horner now James Horner didn't do the score for this. He was actually um, he was he was meant to be doing this. He was meant to do the score for the movie, but then he had to pull out. So the only thing that he had written was Sarah's theme, um, which they they then kept. Um, the rest of it was done by um, John Debney. Um, so he produced the whole score in two weeks, which is pretty impressive because I thought it was really really good. Very like there's some real atmospheric parts, but it's still fun and quirky in line with you know the kind of kids humor that we're we're yeah, and, and the, tone, the tone that we're looking stuff. at yeah but there was it's a fun sounding theme um especially yeah there's, there's a couple of parts of it towards you know more the third act where the if you you know i'm going to use my fingers to say quote you know action is happening it's not really action it's it's, kid, it's a kids movie but ah there's, there's yeah. a lot of running couldn't do it here yeah. too hot yeah. <laughs> Like there's, I think that this this score um, that John Debney's put together for um, you know during the graveyard sequence when um, they're being chased by by the zombie who isn't actually evil, you know, um, that's you know that atmospheric stuff and that action stuff. It it actually sounds really cool. I couldn't. It's not memorable, but it does the job really really well. Um, and I was really glad to hear that um, John De um, Debney returned for Hocus Pocus 2. I can't remember the score and that was because I wasn't paying attention to the movie. But um, I believe he's also um, kind of penciled in to do the third one as well. So there's a consistency oh, there, which is great, which is it's a good thing. So I will say, yeah, like on a on a positive note, like, yeah, the like the score music hmm. works quite well. Um, you know, like we're not after any sort of like real catchy 
mm. you know, like rememberable sort of thing. But atmospheric wise, again, yeah. it hits those points like the yeah, yeah, yeah. in quotations, the like the Halloween nature, like the scary kind of spooky tones, the the mm. family friendly element, the goofiness. Mm. Yeah. It, it hits it. it hits it quite well. So no, nah, that is that is a okay. That's good. It's it is good. good. But then of course and we've also got obviously like the, the musical numbers, like the big thing. Yeah. Which I'm assuming it was just written to give Bette Midler a musical number that you know. It must like, have been in you know, a contract or something, you know. <laughs> yeah. I put a spell on you. Hey, you've got to use it. Do it. Got a spell on you, like like that that works. And then obviously there's there's some obviously some soundtrack songs as well, which which sort of fit, which work fine mm-hmm. so all good but that's pretty much the movie right yeah just one movie. um something mm-hmm. i want to raise just before we do wrap up like with um just how the movie ends and stuff and it mm-hmm. kind of does raise a question with hocus pocus 2 and i'll admit i can't remember if they explain this but i want to ask the question just because it makes no sense okay. so by the end of the movie mm-hmm. the witches are actually dead not like oh we burnt them in the in the kiln but then they turned into green smoke and came back like mm-hmm. actually dead um, and not dead like, oh, they were dead at the beginning of the movie because the curse was still mm. in play, like with, with uh, Binks, right? So, yeah, yeah, they actually die at the end of this movie, which is they confirmed are. by Binks's curse being yep. broken. Mm-hmm. So, my question is, how do they come back in the second movie? Because lighting the candle won't do it, but I'm pretty sure, and again, I could be wrong, and I don't plan on revisiting the second one because it's not great. Hmm. I'm pretty sure it is just a case of Virgin lights the candle and they're back. I mean, I don't know. I think they're actually dead. Not just yeah, like, they're... oh, they're dead, could be resurrected. Like, I think they're hmm. actually dead. Um, I honestly, I don't know. Um, I believe that they... okay, cool. <laughs> I, no, I believe that I believe that they are dead. And I'm actually just looking at the uh, the page for uh, Hocus Pocus Two. I'm just trying to see <laughs> how they come back. Would this be? the wikipedia page <laughs> it would be indeed um but look i i, I honestly i don't know uh, i believe they're dead, dead. Uh, I think yeah. so so the way that the way that hocus pocus 2 starts um is that it goes it shows you a time back in the 1600s when yeah winifred's got a some younger, children version children yeah. version of the witches and so it's an element of what happens then that gives them the ability to come back but i I don't know specifically without going into no, it. No, no, that does ring a bell, but still, so, I don't know. So this does kill. This does kill them, but they they must have covered their. They must have whatever happened to them when they were younger. Um, they clearly yeah, actually, no, they also this. Another character did some bullshit, some shoehorn. Yes, that's the movie. Right, Let's give our rating. Yep. Out of five VHS tapes, what have you got for us? Um, look, this isn't going to surprise anybody. <laughs> um. <laughs> I don't, I don't know how, you know, I don't know how high I can rate this movie as a 37 year old man watching this movie for the first time. But if I try to look through the lens of a child, if I bring out my inner child and I try to, you know, put myself as a seven year old watching this movie, then it's not a bad movie. Um, I would say, so what I would say is if you do have kids um, of that age, I think that they would enjoy this movie still now. I think that when it hold, when they say it holds up to with this cult following and the people that really are connected to it, that is because they have that connection already because they were young. Now, I would not recommend this movie to an adult to watch without children. That's what I would say. 
Now it's the characters themselves, like we we already discussed, they they are goofy, they're bumbling about, there's perfect kid kind of villains. The bullies are well over the top. Um, they're kid kind of bullies. This movie is only going to be enjoyed by children. Um, I, but itself, you know, the the characters and things like that, they're not bad. It just there's no arcs, there's no real story to it. Um, I don't like the boy. I don't like the girl. I like the. I don't like girl. the boy. So I think you know, I think Danny's performance is what bring <laughs> gives me probably this is a two. This is a two VHS tapes. Watch it with a kid. Don't watch it for the first time as an adult and think you're going to enjoy it. But you, you're going to get, you're going to enjoy it when you watch it with a kid because the kid is going to laugh. The kid is going to have a good time. I reckon. Um, but it is, it's a two for me. It's a two. Jason, what about yeah, you? Yeah, look, I, I think I'm there with you as well. I'm going to also give Hocus Pocus a two out of five. Um, like I, I said, like there's overacting, there's unlikable characters. This mm-hmm. is difficult to watch as an adult. Again, <laughs> probably works for kids. Probably works for kids. And I would introduce this to a kid of an appropriate age and be like, sit down, watch this, you'll probably have fun with it. And mm-hmm. they probably will. And I don't deny that. But my viewing, my rating is it too. Mm. Like this was genuinely a struggle. Even after the third time, I'm like, I think I like this the least out of all mm. my viewings, this most recent watch. Because I'm just like, ah, I'm just seeing through all the the woo of it all like but yeah. look the the three lead actresses as the witches the sanderson sisters they are the best part of this movie i'll, I'll admit it like entertaining characters like they're over the top they're crazy i mean i'm not like throwing awards at them or anything like that but they make this movie worth watching if you mm. are going to sit down and get some entertainment value out of it it's them when they're on screen when they're doing stuff it's crazy and it's fun i'll admit it like it is yeah. They make this movie what it is. So yeah. they bring the entertainment value. Everything mm. else is just like, let's get on with this story. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, two out of five. Two out of five. Um, what, what, can, I, can I just some closing ones before we wrap? You know, when we're saying, you know how you're saying is this, the, the cold following with this, you know, it might be a case of when you see it for when you're younger, you've got that nostalgic thing, which is why you still enjoy it as, as an adult. This is, Movie like Home Alone, for example, that's a movie that I really enjoyed when I was young. But I feel mm-hmm. like that's still one that adults would enjoy at seeing oh, it for and the first time. There definitely are now. ones that, that so, do that, yeah. So as a kid's movie, it is a kid's, that's a kid's movie. But that, to me, like there's just something different. Like this particular, so it, Hocus it Pocus as work. a kid's movie, it yeah. is very juvenile as a kid's movie. And it doesn't, yeah, it has to remain that way. But something like Home Alone, I think an adult could watch that for the first time and actually like enjoy I said, what's going on. There's plenty of, let's say, kids, family-friendly movies that I have watched as an adult for the first mm. time and I have enjoyed them mm. as an adult. So mm. it, it can work. This one just doesn't, and I guess that's just its place. But we'll leave it there. That's yep. our review. Uh, yep. Well, that was our <laughs> rewind, I should say, to 1993 <laughs> Hocus Pocus. Yeah, <laughs> we uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode of Rewind Review. Uh, make sure you subscribe and download the podcast on SoundCloud, um, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you can find us. And feel free to leave us a review when you're there. And follow us on social media. We're on Facebook as Rewind and Review Podcast, and Twitter and Instagram as That Film Stew Podcast. Uh, if you haven't already, check out our other shows. We've got That Film Stew and Sounds Like Comics. Each of those shows also has their own Facebook pages as well.
Thank you for listening. This has been another Rewind and Review. See you on our next trip. See ya. rewind this cassette before returning it to your video library i just want to point out i love the fact that you giggled after you said virgin <laughs> like... <laughs> it's just so weird that it's in... oh, anyway <laughs>